When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. first question came in via email hey bloody disgusting gang love the show and you guys i need some help how do i get into black and white horror movies do you have any recommendations let me just say i'm a huge horror fan but i've not found a black and white horror that i love i know take my horror club card away thanks angel no one's taking it away there's (laughs) nothing wrong with not liking black and white movies or not having found a black and white movie that you really like in the horror genre Mm -hmm. it's totally understandable there's enough horror in all other categories so it's fine absolutely that said i think we can all name at least a few black and white horror movies that we would recommend a lot yeah yeah (laughs) uh i'll start because i have some and that makes me happy yay uh and i'll just throw classics you know psycho Obviously, the original Psycho is a classic shot in black and white. Uh, Mm -hmm. Recently, I had watched Freaks for the first time. I recommend that. I think it's still available on Tubi. Uh, The original Nosferatu. Uh, And if you're like, oh, that's fine, but they're older movies. They're not really disturbing. Then I would recommend uh, Eraserhead by David Lynch because, come on. (laughs) That is, that's. That's a thing. And 
one that I feel like kind of gets forgotten in horror. Maybe it's just tangentially horror. I just, maybe just I remember being freaked out by Robert Mitchum is Night of the Hunter. It's mm-hmm. a very good one. Yeah. yeah. Is a, a very good, very disturbing portrayal. I think he might have been nominated for an Academy Award for it. If not, he should have, because holy crap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, this movie was surprisingly not received well. Night of the Hunter? Yeah, like that's because wild. it's such an interesting movie that's kind of hard to classify. It's like a Southern Gothic, mm. a little bit, you know, it's 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 Charles Lawton's first and only directorial effort, and this kind of killed his career for directing like he was a great actor did a ton of stuff beforehand but yeah we love it now but at the time nobody knew what to do with it so it didn't it, it wasn't oh that's so as well disappointing as it been. yeah that it's sucks. like what we were talking about a few weeks ago about the whole hey it became a cult classic yay for the yeah. filmmaker who that <laughs> doesn't help now i mean it is highly influential you'll see like oh, bits yeah. of that like hereditary you see a mm. lot of composition and stuff from that but yeah it wasn't the huge hit we would have hoped for at the time how about you Zena? um so i only uh have three just keep it simple so i have black sunday i love mm-hmm. black sunday if you love mario baba i feel i highly recommend this um barbara still is incredible and then there's just something so mesmerizing about this one and then of course night of the living dead classic and it's it's a yeah, must, yeah. you know. Check it out. I think everyone should experience it just once. And then the haunting, some spooky sounds going on. Nice. Really cool movie. Are yeah. we Megan? Like John, I kind of split this up into two categories because it's like, do you like, do you not like black and white because you don't really like the classic mm. style of acting, or do you, yeah. So for newer stuff, um, November, if you like folk horror, a little bit fairy tale-ish, uh, A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night, if you like vampires meets kind of comic book western, nice. or if you really like kind of screwed up psychological disturbing horror, uh, The Eyes of My Mother. Um, and then for some of the classic stuff that hasn't already been mentioned, Spider Baby, I feel like is a pretty good entry <laughs> yeah. point because it's yeah. it's horror comedy, so it, it doesn't feel quite as stuffy. It's very funny. Um, Eyes Without a Face for mm. more kind of disturbing stuff. Uh, Psycho mm. Cat People. So, yeah, cat, yeah people, cat people. So, yeah. Forgot about so, that yeah. One. So, maybe there's something in there that you like, Angel. If not, totally fine no big again deal. Yeah, it's not it's okay. a big deal yeah we no one's gonna knock on your door and take your horror card at least none of the three of us aren't we're gonna make up cards and then take them yeah <laughs> i'm just gonna well, go get my crayons out we really got to work on a merch shop so we'll, we'll get that we'll, we'll have a horror hand-drawn card. horror cards cool. i would want one what if you notes. lose it <laughs> then you just get a new one it's you that order simple. another yeah okay yeah, yeah. For nine ninety five plus shipping and handling. Sometimes I forget to empty out my pockets when I'm doing laundry, so you just oh, find a whole bunch of craziness. It. Yeah. Oh. Sometimes that's the best though when you like get your clothes out of the dryer and then there's a dollar in there. I'm rich. <laughs> it's money. <laughs> Paper money. What is happening? What year is it? <laughs> yeah, it doesn't happen often. That's why it's so magical. All right. Our second question also came in via email. Thanksgiving is one of the best modern slashers that I've ever seen. What are your thoughts on it from Kyle in Miami? Thanks, Kyle. Uh, Well, I think Megan was fond of it, so maybe she'll start. (laughs) I like it. I like it a lot. And if you 
need more elaboration, then you can buy the Blu-ray because I have quotes on that. <laughs> Fancy. <laughs> and it, or if you don't want to buy the Blu-ray, you can just watch it on Netflix, which is why I'm sure the question is being asked right now mm-hmm. for those of you who are, might be discovering it for the first time. Uh, Zena, what were your thoughts on Thanksgiving? I thought it was a lot of fun. Um, I was not able to guess the killer. You know, mm. I was just like, what? You know, <laughs> and they shoved it, you know, there's that. And then also, I really appreciate that the killer fed the cat, someone's cat. So that was really kind. <laughs> yes, the good cat. Yeah. Can I just add, though, like, if you listen to the commentary, um, he makes a point to to say that he got all of the actors pretty much playing the killer at one point so that oh. you wouldn't be ah. able to hone in on body language. Sure. Um, which I think is a very nice touch because I don't think you see that a lot in slashers anymore. It's like, here's a stunt performer who's just big hulking and then whatever. But yeah, this one, everybody pretty much kind of took turns, uh, in the Carver outfit. That's so cool. Oh, oh, that's smart. They actually played the Carver. Yes, I gotcha. Not not just the red herring, like in scream where they really linger long on people. Okay. Nice. Yeah, so Milo, I cannot remember his last name, but he was play. He wore the costume at one point. There's one point where, yeah, I won't go further, but you get the drift. Very nice. cool. That is a nice detail. I I largely enjoyed it. Uh, again, as a, a classic slasher movie, uh, the only things that I was kind of disappointed in was I was really hoping it would be shot on film and it would be more like the Grant House trailer. Mm-hmm. I was hoping the, the digital looks great. Yeah, but. It would have been really fun to have had that kind of campy effect to it, if done right, because sometimes those effects don't quite look right if you didn't actually shoot on film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I don't know that this is necessarily the intent, though, but I, no. I kind of like that Like I got very heavy My Bloody Valentine 2009 mm-hmm. vibes, oh, yeah. totally. which was in that same era. So instead of doing a grindhouse hair, it's almost like an homage to the era that the tra- grindhouse trailer emerged from. Yeah. Which is me being way too reading into it. Then, yeah. But I like that. And I can't remember if we talked about this on the air or if it was off the air. It was, uh, it definitely sounded like Eli Roth when frat boy bros started yelling at each other. I was like, Eli Roth has, has kind of has a dialogue where it's like, yeah. It's, it's very masshole. It's very masshole to the point where I think even masshole, no offense to people who live in Massachusetts, although you probably took offense. It's fine. Uh, you won a lot of championships. Don't complain now. Um, I don't know. I thought it was charming. So what does that say about me? Am I am I an honorary masshole? You might be. <laughs> You'll always be our masshole, Megan. Oh, thanks. That's what I always wanted. <laughs> so a little bit of the bro. T- maybe it's just bro talk in general kind of bugs me. So, but that's again, that's super nitpicky. I, I did enjoy a lot of the kills, and there are definitely kills that if you remember seeing the grand house trailer go and look for it that will be very familiar and some that were very elaborated on that got <laughs> a lot more brutal yay um, so yay speaking of more brutal welcome to the bloody disgusting podcast everyone the podcast where we discuss all the disgusting things we love in the horror world and help us discuss the disgusting you know her as lee movie critic for bloody disgusting horror movie fanatic and journalist megan navarro hey megan hi and you know her from YouTube channel and website Real Queen of Horror, her infinite love for the genre, and being the head of Bloody Disgusting's TikTok, Zena Dixon. Hey, Zena. Hello. And I'm John. If you're listening to this on a Wednesday when the episode drops, we hope your week's been filled with all the best kinds of horror. And if not, we're going to do a quick around the table for the movies, books, games, or anything else in horror that are making the three of us smile right now. Maybe there'll be things that'll make you smile too. So, Megan. Yeah. What's been filling your heart so this I week? A... I was hoping you <laughs> <were>. um... <laughs> 
so I think it was a few weeks ago I talked about a Sundance movie. It's What's Inside. And it is it reminded me of Coherence. So I revisited Coherence. Um, this was released in 2013. It is available on Peacock. And this one is a dinner party of eight people. They come together for a gathering. Um, and then there's there happens to be a, a comet passing overhead. And it kind of creates some crazy stuff where... There's kind of multiple realities converging, so there's multiples of them, um, and they're trying to figure it out and figure out who's who and if they belong in their reality, and it's very lo-fi, kind of handheld quality, definitely like a low-budget indie effort, which kind of makes it work. Um, so yeah, it's very interesting if you like that kind of sci-fi and trying to, to navigate very complex, like who's who and what's going on. Um, I really like it. I do think that there's like there's some drama elements and I like that some of it's kind of understated just to catapult the story forward. But yeah, if you like sci-fi, twisty, kind of um cerebral thrillers, then highly recommend Coherence. It's always a good time. And then um this movie is coming out in limited theaters this Friday and then eventually will be on Shutter on May twen- uh, May 31st. But I watched Stop Motion which is um, a stop-motion animator struggles to control her demons after the loss of her overbearing mother. This one stars Ashling Franciosi, who was in The Nightingale, very good, um, also in Last Summer's The Last Voyage of the Demeter. Mm-hmm. She's the stop-motion animator, Ella. Um, this was directed by Robert Morgan, who is a stop-motion animator who did a lot of shorts. He did, I think it's ABCs of Death, I can't remember if it's one or two, but he had a sequence in there. Um, Bobby, yeah, is, Bobby, yeah, is another one that I think you can go on YouTube now and watch. Which all of which to say, like that's a good precursor to kind of get you acclimated to the horror head because essentially the story is very familiar. You know, an art. How how much how far would an artist go for their art? Um, and then how much does it consume them in the process? Like that type of thing, which is familiar. But the way that it plays out, because it's so heavy with stop motion animation, the uh, the figures are gr- they're like meat puppets. They're mm. they're literally meat puppets. They're so creepy, and the sound design is unreal. It just adds to the horror of it so it's it's like a psychological horror movie but the stop motion inclusion makes it super creepy and there's an entire bit in the climax which i won't spoil but i was literally like wincing and recoiling because it's just it's really good basically that's the gist it's very very good it's you you we talk about how you take a simple thing that we've seen before you give it a new spin and it feels wholly new and that's stop motion Is the word squelching appear in the subtitles a lot? Uh, I didn't watch it subtitled, but I imagine it absolutely is. Like, there's a lot of squelching. Are you magical? How do you watch movies without subtitles? (laughs) I have bat hearing. Um, You're amazing. I I, I don't. (laughs) I feel like I can't can't hear, like, any words if subtitles aren't on for some reason. And I know there's articles about the sound design in movies and stuff now, but. Yeah. yeah, I don't know if that I really want to have to see squelching like 20 billion times, though, because there is a lot of squelching. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I um, the poster is what made me fall in love with this movie without even seeing it. It's just like it is just such a beautiful poster. Like, it's gorgeous. The the little creepy, like creepy creatures, they just look so cool. Like, I want to take them home and 
hang out with them. I don't know. It oh, just looks fun. <laughs> yeah, they look cool. It's like a weird kind of really pretty but really revolting at the same time. Yeah. Like horror beauty. There you go. Kind of like Mad God. Where yeah. I, I know the not plot-wise, but visually, where you're mm-hmm. like, this is captivating and wholly disturbing and upsetting and... A little bit. A little bit. Yeah. Gross. Nice. How about you, Zena? So I checked out Leprechaun Returns on Prime Video mm-hmm. because I wanted to have a good time this weekend. You know, uh, a lot of work to do. So basically, the sorority sisters, uh, they awaken a depraved leprechaun who decides to teach them a lesson in murder. So yeah, I just murder. <laughs> I had a good time re rewatching this one. I also rewatched a couple of the movies from the franchise, and I feel like this one, along with the first one, is one of my favorites. So this is the eighth installment, and I feel like the kills are fun. I won't spoil it, um, but there's a particular scene that did make me cringe, you know. But it was just like, oh, that's that's pretty creative, you know. But yeah, I just I love it. It's so ridiculous and over the top. Um, I'm disappointed that Warwick Davis he wasn't in this one. But, you know, I'm grateful that, you know, I really just had a good time just rewatching it, you know? So I feel like that, that one has to be you, though, because isn't this Stephen Kostansky? It is! Psycho Gorman. Yes. Yeah, that's your, your jam. He, uh, he's so magical. So, yeah, I watched that. And then I also watched Tormented from 2009, also on Prime Video. So, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, Leprechaun on Prime Video. That's why I watched it. So a bully teenager, he comes back from the dead to take revenge on his classmates. So in this movie, there's a teenage boy. It opens up where the school is at an assembly and, you know, this boy committed suicide. And it was really terrible, you know, because he was being bullied and by his rich, spoiled classmates. So it starts off a serious tone, okay? Then it mm-hmm. just turns into something insane where it's just like oh this is a comedy you know so I realized that it's supposed to be a comedy you know um but yeah that same day that his death was announced there are some students uh like these popular kids they throw a party saying that it's in his honor even though they were the ones who would make fun of him and so um yeah next thing you know these kids they start receiving outrageous text messages and then threatening text messages you know the usual gonna kill you uh right and so then one of the (laughs) girls who's invited uh the boy who died he just so happens to have a crush on her and she's like the head girl she's very studious she's going to oxford next year all this other stuff right and she just never noticed him um, she starts to gain popularity because she starts dating this guy. This is point to this, I promise. I'm not giving you the whole story. There's so much more that happens. Um, yeah, next thing you know, uh, this dead kid, he comes back from the from the dead and he just starts killing people in ridiculous ways um, where it literally made me laugh. Like, as an example, I mean, I won't say who, so it's not a spoiler. This girl's in the pool. Yeah. He pretty much jumps in the pool, you know, sits on her and they go to the bottom of the pool and she's trying to get away. And for some reason, he's wearing goggles. You know, why do you need to wear goggles? And then there was another girl who was trying to call Sometime for help. Sometimes ghosts need to swim underwater with, go- with goggles, I guess. I don't know. There was a girl who gets her hands chopped off. So she just has like her ribs and she's screaming. Blood is spewing out of her wrists. But then she's trying to use her phone to dial help. So she's using her nose. And I'm like, what's happening? But I I couldn't stop watching. And um, the guy who directed it, John Wright. So he directed Grabbers and Unwelcome, you know. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I it, it was a tone, very huh? fun. Same tone. And there's a lot of actors that I've seen that, you know, got their start in this one. So like Tom Hooper, who is in um, Umbrella Academy, which where is the next season? Okay. Uh, I'll, I'll, some other things he's been in, obviously. 
Um, oh, Hopper, is it Hopper? Yeah, his last name is Hopper. And then um, Alex Pettifer, he was in one of, he was in a lot of things as well, but I really love I'm Number Four. So he's in that. Um, and then some other people. There's like a whole bunch of people that are very familiar. And I think that this is like one of their first films that they started off in. So it was really cool seeing this. And point is, I had a good time. So yeah, that's what I watched. What about you, awesome. John? Tell us everything. <laughs> I watched a bullied teen myself. And when I came across 976 Evil on Tubi <laughs> from 1988, people who dial 976 Evil receive supernatural powers and turn into satanic killers. When Spike dialed 976 Evil, he knew it was an expensive toll call, but he didn't know that he'd have to pay for it with his soul. That's not accurate. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, IMDB. Uh, one of these days I'll write my own, but for now I'm just going to copy and paste and criticize. Um, so kind of, it's kind of that. Uh, it's not about Spike necessarily. It's about, there's two main characters in this, Spike and his cousin Hoax. And What names? I know. Spike and Hoax. And Hoax. <laughs> uh, Spike is the rebel bad boy motorcycle driving cool with the ladies type. And Hoax is the great student who's endlessly picked on by the school bullies who are caricatures of whatever a bully probably was actually like in 1988. Uh, I, I really like this. It's Robert England's directorial debut. And I think he co-wrote it. And he, he might be the voice of the 976 evil operator too. Um, it's very, it's exactly what it sounds like. There's a, a, a phone number called 976-EVIL. You call it for your horror scope. And then bad things start to happen. And to bad people, but for bad reasons, I, it's it's easier if you just watch it so I don't give everything away. There is one thing I was I was thinking about this at the time. There was kind of, or there has been, certain horror movies have this weird thing where, like, they don't really hold up great because mm -hmm. the person you're supposed to be rooting for or feel sympathy for or whatever is also pretty gross. <laughs> <laughs> like, I felt that way, like, watching The Burning, where okay. you're supposed to sympathize mm -hmm. with this guy. This guy's, like, doesn't have any friends at camp. But he's peeping in on the girls' showers and being a general nuisance and sex offender, really. And then in this case, you have Hoax, who's the lovable little nerd who steals Aww. girls' underwear and peeps in on his, his cousin when he's having sex. Like, ah, I, I'm not rooting for you, kid. What are, what are you doing? <laughs> and then just maliciously, like, tormented. And then he gets his revenge through 976 Evil. And then other bad stuff happens. It's a little disjointed. There, there's like three different plot lines going on during it. So yeah. it kind of switches. It doesn't even feel like it's going to be about hoax, really. You think it's just going to be Spike's story. And then it just kind of stops being his story. <laughs> and then there's an investigator rolling in. But so, I mean, it's not probably it probably doesn't have a lot of great critic scores. But it's in I, I really like the premise. And I really like Robert England. And there is parts of it especially like the kills are fun in it it's kind of the stuff around it you might be a little harder to get through for some people but it's fun as long as you take it with it with a grain of salt in the time that it was made mm. 
maybe and you just really like Evil Ed from Bright Night. And yeah. Then it's, for you. then it's perfect. Then it's exactly <laughs> what you want. Or you really like 976 Evil 2. And then you're like, well, I should probably watch the original. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, check it out on Tubi. It's hour and a half or don't. It's fine. It's watch what you like. I'm, I'm not here to tell you what to do. <laughs> Unless it's YouTube short horror movies. You should go watch those. I am woefully far behind or the field has exploded lately because I have been seeing lists of all these great short horror movies. I'm like, I've seen a, a couple. It used to be, oh, hey, there's a new one out. And everyone kind of knew about it, like the lights out or something like that. So some of the more popular ones. And so I got a list. I was like, I, I decided to go through and... I watched, I've watched like a dozen this week, but I'm just going to mention my favorite two uh, for now. And the first one is The Other Side of the Box. If you haven't seen this before, it's man shows up at his friend's house carrying a box, very nervous, apologetic, sets the box down. And some really, really wonderful horror scenes ensue. I adore like the first scare you really get in it or the first little shock jump, like what the hell is this? I love so much. Just go watch it. I can't spoil anything about it because it's, it's so to me personally, it was so much fun. I don't know if it would work as well for a full length feature, but I love it as a short and I would not object at all if it got turned into a full length feature. (laughs) And then the other one that I really enjoyed is called portrait of God. And it's about a college student, I'm assuming an art history major, who's who's rehearsing a presentation and shows a picture. It's just a black picture, and it's called The Portrait of God. And people supposedly all claim to see the same thing when they look at this black picture, which is supposedly what God looks like. And stuff happens. Again, works really well. Really subtle stuff. A lot like The Vigil. Mm, um yeah. if if people listening have watched the vigil that kind of horror where it's like it's there you kind of see it kind of don't it's not just flying at you jump scares it's just like it's right in front of you and it's still pretty terrifying and kind of creeping along and a lot of fun a lot of fun i was it amazes me how much i smile at some of this really <laughs> messed up stuff maybe that's why i love horror so much it's like that's so much fun <laughs> Like that, that level of creativity is just so great. Like I love that there's more and more creators and there's bigger access for people to post these videos and come up with these concepts. It's, it's a, it's a, I don't know if it's a golden age of horror, but if it's not, we're doing pretty good and I'm not going to complain about it. That's for sure. All right. Before we move on, what did we watch and how did we watch it? Uh, I watched Coherence on Peacock and Stop Motion, which will be in limited theaters this Friday, and then it will hit Shutter on May 31st. I checked out Leprechaun Returns on Prime Video and Tormented on Prime Video. And I watched 976 Evil on Tubi, and I watched a whole bunch of YouTube shorts, but the two I talked about were The Other Side of the Box and Portrait of God. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, enough about what we've been watching this week. It's time for Megan to bring us up to speed on the news and trending topics in the world of horror. So what's going on, Megan? Well, Brendan Harlan <laughs> is uh, having a good time in horror lately, I think. Um, he's definitely got three Strangers movies coming, the first one this summer. <laughs> And then 25 years after the release of Deep Blue Sea, uh, director Rennie Harlan is headed back into shark-infested waters with the upcoming movie Deep Water. And he's got two big names attached to star, which is kind of funny. Okay, so who's starring is Aaron Eckhart and Ben Kingsley. Mm. I think this is funny because Thomas Jane was in Deep Blue Sea. And if mm. there's an actor I get confused <laughs> with Thomas Jane, it's, it's Aaron, Aaron Eckhart. Eckhart. <laughs> so, well done. I think we'll see. We'll see. Josh Lucas yeah. will be in the next one. It's fine. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> he needs redemption after Black Demon. Um, <laughs> so Deepwater tells the tale of an eclectic group of international passengers whose plane en route from Los Angeles <laughs> to Shanghai is forced to make an emergency landing in shark infested waters. The terrified group is forced to work together and overcome their differences if they hope to escape their sinking plane and frenzy of sharks drawn to the wreckage. Uh, Deepwater offered me an epic canvas to work on, which I've dreamed of since seeing the original Poseidon Adventure in a movie theater as a kid in Finland, said Harlan. Uh, my superb cast stood by my side valiantly through a rigorous shoot of barreling, rolling planes, tidal waves of water, and ferocious, and ferocious sharks. This film is my tribute to all the action, imagination, emotion, and beauty that made the mov- that made movie making the first love of my life. I can't wait to show audiences around the world what an emotional roller coaster we have created. What's interesting to me, maybe others, is that uh, Rennie Harlan's Deep Water will be the first project from a new production company launched by Gene Simmons of mm. KISS and Gary Hamilton, titled Simmons Hamilton Productions. So yeah, KISS uh, has enlisted Rennie Harlan to do some shark horror. And so yeah, it's rap production, so I assume it'll be a matter of time before they move on to post-production and we get announcements on release dates and whatnot. But yeah, he's... Renee Harlan's got busy lately, not just with like the Strangers and stuff, which... Oh, cool. Has he done like the next three Strangers movies already? They were shot back to back, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, Uh, it was a trilogy and he did it all, yeah. I was watching a trailer over the weekend for another, actually, Aaron Eckhart movie called The Bricklayer, where it's kind of like the beekeeper or any of these... Oh, yeah. Covert op, you know, back into business sort of thing. And it was, I just remember I was watching it and it was, it, it made me chuckle because they said, from the director of Cliffhanger and, and Die Hard 2, they don't say his name at all. They literally just say the two movies. I'm like, that's a You weird. like these movies? Yeah. Remember these movies from 1992? <laughs> like, wow. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'll still check out. Like, I he's Renee Harland has a bunch of movies that kind of went like Mind Hunters. I still really like Mind Hunters, and that went really under the wire for a lot of people. And <laughs> yeah, good for him. Welcome back. There you go. Um, and then I guess third time's a charm for Paul Tremblay's uh, Head Full of Ghosts. <laughs> oh, I, I mean, I'm so. still it was announced it. that yeah, The Lodge and Goodnight Mommy filmmakers Veronica Franz and Severin Fiala are now set to direct an adaptation of. 
Paul Tremblay's acclaimed novel, A Head Full of Ghosts. Um, it is going to be adapted and directed by Franz and Fiala and produced by Robert Downey Jr. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, Head Full of Ghosts tells uh, the story for the novel. It follows the Barretts, whose normal suburban New England life is torn apart, where their teenage daughter shows signs of acute schizophrenia, reluctantly leading them to the subjects to be subjects of a reality show, The Possession. Some 15 years later, Mary faces her family's haunting past when a journalist is assigned to help her su- help tell her side of the story and covers the nature of evil. Um, the novel was published in 2015. And over the years, there's been multiple directors attached to do, to do a adaptation. Um, that included Scott Cooper, who was behind Antlers, and Osgood Perkins behind the upcoming uh, Long Legs. Hmm. So, um, most recent news was like 2020 when Margaret Qualley was attached to Star. So that's not that was from previous. I think that was when Scott Cooper was attached. But just to say, it's been twice. Some of them very recently. So they are very determined. I assume maybe Robert Downey Jr.'s production company is very determined to to have this come to pass. Um, probably helped by M. Night Shyamalan's uh, Knock at the Cabin, which is an adaptation of Paul Tremblay's The Cabin at the End of the World. So, yeah, have good feelings. And I do think having read the book and actually being pretty creeped out by it in many parts mm. that... Um, this filmmaker duo is the perfect one to do it because if you've seen The Lodge or uh, Goodnight Mommy, it's very psychological and a little bit ambiguous, which is what his novels tend to lean into. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, Tremblay, especially Head Full of Ghosts, is definitely definitely ambiguous at one point. And yeah. I, 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 I'm so curious as to why they can't get this one done when they got... Uh, Cabin at the End of the World done before this and is as monumental of a hit as this was for so many people and it because it doesn't it doesn't feel like a complicated story to adapt right it's probably timing though I think yeah. you know especially since 2020 was the last news when Margaret Qualley guess oh, what happened in 2020 right. yeah. and guess what yeah and so it's been a series of setbacks between the pandemic and then the dual strike so I'm sure it's more to do with like timing yeah. than it is like the project itself I mean they're obviously determined to, to go forward with it which is why they've got you know this is now the third director attached to this project so yeah i think a lot of times it's just a matter of timing and money and various factors beyond easy control i wonder who they'll cast to be the dad i hated that dad something fierce he was <laughs> i don't know i was always i think it's always the, the kids the kids is the casting that they got to nail yeah just but get yeah. the kids from the innocent put them in every kid's movie teach them english don't care dub them doesn't make any difference they'll do it That'll be an interesting movie. Every two kids are speaking Norwegian, and everybody else is in English. What's going on? They're possessed. That's why. <laughs> John's method. He's like, we'll remove all ambiguity by just you know they're possessed. That's why they're speaking in tongues. Yeah. Um, yeah. There you go. But yeah, and then um, speaking of kids in horror movies, plus a Nicolas Cage, um, it's going to be playing at the upcoming 20, uh, 2024 South by Southwest is uh, Arcadian, starring Nicolas Cage. It's already been acquired for release by RLJ Films, so it's going to premiere at South by, and then Arcadian will be heading to theaters on April 12th. 
And then after that, sometime later in the year, it'll be on Shudder and AMC+. But Arcadian takes place in the near future, where normal life on Earth has been decimated. Paul and his two sons, Thomas and Joseph, have been living a half-life, tranquility by day and torment by night. Every night after the sun sets, they face the unrelenting attacks of a mysterious and violent evil. One day, when Thomas doesn't return home before sundown, Paul must leave the safety of their fortified farm to find him. A nightmarish battle ensues that the forces family that forces the family to execute a desperate plan to survive. So Paul is going to be Nicolas Cage, and he's got two kids, and that is uh, Jaden Martell, who is in the um, 2017 It and a bunch of other stuff since, and Maxwell Jenkins, who is in Netflix. Net- Netflix, I cannot word today, uh, Netflix's Lost in Space also star. So this was directed by Ben Brewer. But um, I think that we have all kind of talk, talked about it here and there in the past where Nicolas Cage is chewing, chewing? he's chewing scenery, but he's choosing yeah. some very interesting <laughs> roles. And I just like that he's going to be in a creature feature next. Who knows? He's got to pay knows? bills. He's got taxes, right? I think he's climbed himself out of that, honestly. Okay. I thought so. As long yeah, as he they... still owns his crypt in New Orleans. It seems like this I mean, one he's... sounds like it's going to be a lot of fun. So I think that maybe he picked it and, you know, is excited about it. Yeah. I feel like all of the stuff he's been choosing has been, like, for him, not based mm-hmm. on I need I need to cash in so I can yeah. pay my tax bills. Yeah. Yeah, like he's just kind of going bonkers. Like, yeah, go for it. All right, listeners, your turn. Will you be seeing the new movies by the acclaimed director of Driven, Devil's Pass, an episode of Burn Notice, and The Legend of Hercules? <laughs> Thanks, IMDb. Does anyone really wonder why I'm not a Hollywood director? Can you, you can call or text us at 224-475-1040. The number is also in the show notes, or feel free to email us at bediscussingpodcast at gmail.com. Finally, Zine is going to make all our lives easier in the sea of horror movie options and clue us in on what's appeared and soon that we should be watching. So, Zena, what should we be watching? So, first, um, if you're not already, you can subscribe to Screenbox. It's fun over there. Go over there. Then we it's have fun on... over there. It's fun over it's there. It's a party. <laughs> it is. It's a party. Then we have on Thursday, the 22nd, Lovely, Dark, and Deep. This will be available on VOD. This one stars Georgina Campbell, a new backcountry ranger, travels alone through the dangerous wilderness, hoping to uncover origins of a tragedy that has haunted her since she was a child. Then on the 23rd, Friday, Stop Motion. It's it's available in limited theaters. History of Evil will be available on Shudder. This one stars Paul Wesley and Jackie Cruz, a family on the run from a corrupt state's Take shelter in a safe house with uh, with an evil past. Then on Monday the 26th, we have Moon Garden. This will be available on Shudder. A comatose five-year-old girl journeys through an industrial wonderland to find her find her way back to consciousness. And then on Tuesday the 27th, um, VHS 85, it'll be available on DVD and Blu-ray. So if you want to own that, feel free to order it. I know that you can pre-order it right now over on um, Amazon. Nice. Yeah. And go have fun over on Screenbox. Yeah. Yeah. your life. It's fun. It's a party. <laughs> and that's the Bloody Disgusting podcast for this week, everyone. If you'd like to read more from Megan, you can check out her reviews at bloodydisgusting.com and on Twitter at Haunted Meg. Xena can be found on her own website, realqueenofhorror.com, and the YouTube channel, the same name, or at Lovely Xena on Twitter. And you can hear me on my weekly horror narration podcast, Creepy. Don't forget to hit subscribe on your favorite podcast app and feel free to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at BeDisgustingPod or drop us an email at BeDisgustingPodcast at gmail.com and don't forget to check out all things Bloody Disgusting on TikTok at BeDisgusting. So for this week, I'm John. I'm Megan. I'm Zeno. 
Grab some popcorn, cozy up on the couch, and watch something you love. Just make sure it's something bloody.